This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Tapwater, Brian Williams' war stories, uh, Joe Biden greeting your daughter and wife. <laughs> Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. You got Flint Tapwater, Brian Williams' uh, war stories, Joe Biden greeting your wife and daughter. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. This is what we're using on Twitter, and it is blown up nationwide trending. I think it's uh, second or third in the country right now. Eric just tweeted out, elevator ride with Ray Price, or Ray Rice. Elevator ride, more trusted than Hillary. Yeah, I'm going to give you that one, too. I think so. Yeah, someone else, uh, Brian Williams, Iraq War Stories. <laughs> yeah, at, uh, uh, okay, Roman Polanski, hanging with your teenage daughter. Ooh. That's, uh, that's going to be a bad one for you. That is. A lot of people tweeting mm-hmm. these. We had James tweeting uh, uh, um, our, our producer, Cal, with Tupperware, since he leaves it everywhere. Okay, yeah, that's uh, often left on the subway and other places. Uh, let's see, we had Glenn tweeting, a silverback gorilla babysitting my three-year-old. Oh. <laughs> more trusted than Hillary. Even in southwestern Ohio, it's more trusted than Hillary. I tweeted out one earlier, uh, Glenn Beck cake sitting. Yeah, that's bad. You know, you house sitting before you, whatever. If you need someone to watch your cake, it's not Glenn Beck. Yet I still would trust him cake sitting more than I trust Hillary Clinton. In just about any capacity. That one's pretty close, though, in fairness. That one's, that one's pretty close. It's uh, Doc and Skip pinch hitting for Glenn again today. Appreciate you joining us on Twitter. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. We use the hashtag what I learned today throughout the program. But today we're also using more trusted than Hillary. Yeah, we had uh, uh, Scott tweeting at us, The Onion. <laughs> more trusted than Hillary. They mean MSNBC? No, 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 the, uh, the Onion, the, uh, the, the satire one. Oh, you're right, because they're both satire, but The Onion yes, is funny. Exactly. That's the difference. hey <laughs> <laughs> We had uh, Adam tweeting at us, George Zimmerman as your neighborhood watch commander. Okay. Actually, I find that pretty trustworthy. Yeah. A lot That's more pretty... trustworthy than Hillary. I mean, did he secure the neighborhood? I would say so, yes. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he secured it too much, but... It was like overboard with it, you know? But at if least you're going to have a neighborhood watch commander, would you rather them be too secure or, or not secure. secure enough? I'm going to give you that one. That's Please. definitely more trustworthy than Hillary. Uh, Christopher tweeting at us, hashtag more trusted than Hillary, Trigley Puff at an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, who is Triglypuff? Can you remind us? Yeah, Triglypuff was the uh, the social justice warrior who showed up at a Milo Yiannopoulos event, too, and was screaming, and there's pictures of her going, uh, <laughs> Get your hate speech off our campus! Get your hate speech off our campus! I want you to describe this woman. <sighs> <laughs> Triglypuff. Heavy set. Um, looks unkempt. Uh, kept heavy set. You are being really kind. I am. I really kind. I don't want to get the emails. Uh, that, how, would, how would you describe her, Doc? Fat. She was fat. Fat. okay. Yeah, she's she was fat. huge. She was ugly too. What do you? I mean, yeah, not not in a. Tr- no, I'm not. That's not being mean. It's legitimate. Who's not going to say that? Now, that's not all a person's worth. But you know, if I don't know her character and I just see her walking down the street, you're going to say, "Wow, she's got a swell character." I don't know what it is, but in an instant, I can sum up that you're fat and ugly. Yeah, it's kind of what you're leading with at that point. Right. I mean, Triglypuff. I still trust her more than Hillary Clinton yeah. at this point. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Jane Fonda's patriotism. <laughs> Someone uh, tweeted, and this was uh, from uh, Larry DeLuca. He just put Bill. <laughs> Think about this a moment. Who do you trust more, Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton? It may even be close for you. But is there anybody out there that's going, oh, Hillary's way more trusted than Bill? I trust Bill hands down more than I trust Hillary. Because Bill's a bit of an idiot. I mean, Hillary pulled his strings. She was the puppet master for years. He would have been president without her. She calculated all of this stuff. For 50 years, she's been doing this stuff. How I absolutely that, trust though? him more than her. How amazing is that, though? I mean, really explore that for a second. Bill Clinton actually probably is more trusted than Hillary. And Bill Clinton is somebody who got impeached because he got caught lying while president. Right. Yet he is still more credible than Hillary. Yeah, he looked at the camera and said, I did not have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky, wagging his finger. I mean, stared at the camera and lied to all of us. And still I go, yeah, he's a little more trusted than Hillary. That's amazing. Right. And why? Because of this crap that comes out yesterday from the FBI director. The FBI director bashes Hillary. Just bash, eviscerates her and goes, but we're not going to charge her. <laughs> what? what do you, well, no prosecutor would actually charge her based on the evidence. Uh, really? The quote of being extremely careless with classified information. He even admitted there are, there, there were laws broken. There were violations. I mean, she violated statutes. Well, why aren't you charging her? Eh, we've never done that before. Yes, you have. You actually have done that before. But they're not going to. Why? I'm telling you the fix is in about this stuff. Let me, let me sum up exactly how bad it was. I have a clip of uh, FBI Director Comey speechifying, explaining everything that happened. You know, what they found with Hillary Clinton's emails, all of the failures. And we've also juxtaposed that with Hillary Clinton claiming that she had no knowledge. Of course, there were no classified documents that that she had sent out via her email. Nothing classified whatsoever. And it kind of goes back and forth. Listen to this audio. I did not email any... Um, classified material to anyone. There is no classified material. 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. I provided all my emails that could possibly be work-related. Several thousand work-related emails that were not among 
the group of 30,000 emails returned by Secretary Clinton. I thought using one device would be simpler. She also used numerous mobile devices <laughs> to send and to read email. There were no security uh -huh. breaches. It is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. It was my practice to communicate <laughs> with State Department and other government officials on their .gov accounts. The hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from her personal account. Um, no doubt that we've done exactly what we should have done. They were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. People will be able to judge for themselves. We cannot find a case that would support bringing criminal charges on these facts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. To be clear, this is not to suggest that in similar circumstances, a person who engaged in this activity would face no consequences. Americans will find that uh, what? You know, interesting, and I look forward to having a discussion uh, about that. And this is the reason she is not trusted. This is it. How Could it be more obvious? This has nothing to do with even all of the other reasons Hillary Clinton is not trustworthy. Look at the facts before us. She clearly violated the law. She lied to the American people over and over. She lied to Congress about it. And the FBI director says, yep, all of that's legit. In fact, I'm going to show you all the way she lied. Here's the number of emails that actually were, were classified or top secret. I'm going to lay all these out there, but we're not going to do it because no prosecutor would actually do it. He said, although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no re reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. Why? Why would a, a why can you not find a reasonable prosecutor that would go after a case like this? Well, well, think about this, Skip. He even said, you know, uh, we've never really done that before. In fact, uh, the quote was, "In looking back at our investigations into mishandlings or removal of classified information, we cannot find a case that would support bringing criminal charges on these facts." Then they didn't look hard enough because there are those examples in the past. And then he said, basically, just because this is what happened now doesn't mean similar cases in the future we wouldn't bring charges. Why? Right, do, do you see the fail? You can even say as FBI director, we've never done that, even though they have. And this does not warrant it. No prosecutor, reasonable prosecutor would do this. But that doesn't mean we won't do it in the future. Okay, that's the part right there. That's the cover your ass moment in case something comes up in the future where he goes, well, I said we wouldn't maybe do it in the future. Because trust me, it's coming in the future. I guarantee you within the next couple of years, there will be a case similar to this where they do prosecute the person. And trust me, you know what it'll be? It'll end up being some sort of war hero or veteran or Republican or conservative or libertarian out there. And they will go full bore. When Hillary's president, she will just clobber them with something like this. She will prosecute them. And I'll be going, what happened? What about when you were there? And we'll look at Comey or whoever's the director. We'll go, what, what up with this? Well, we said we would likely do this in the future. Just because we didn't with Hillary doesn't mean we wouldn't do it in the future. Isn't that obvious? I don't see why all of a sudden, for some reason, Hillary Clinton gets a pass on this. This it is, makes no sense. Right. I mean, again, you could even make the argument, okay, we've never done this, which they have. And it doesn't warrant it now. But if you automatically include already the idea that that doesn't mean we won't do it in the future... What would change in the... He said with a, basically a similar case. So what would change? What's the difference? Then tell me right now, FBI Director Comey, what the hell is the difference? 
What is the difference between past cases? What is the difference between future cases that you could bring it if it's similar? If it's similar, what is the difference? Tell me, where are you today, Comey? You lay out that level of abuse, that dereliction of duty, potential violations of statutes, and you're still not charging? What happened? Is there any reasonable person that would not conclude that something is up? What would it have taken, do you think, for, for charges to have been levied in this? I mean, an additional amount of top secret nothing, information? Nothing, nothing. She could gun somebody down in the street like, uh, like Trump on 6th Avenue or whatever and still not be charged. I don't know what it takes, as I said yesterday. Look at her history. Look at Benghazi. Look at this case. And she's still not charged? Skip, I don't think anything would. For whatever the reason, the Clinton machine, they know people. They've bribed people. They've threatened them. I don't know what it is, but she is completely above the law now. She is Teflon. All the crap that Donald Trump was saying about her, about this, and crooked Hillary, he's absolutely right. Of course, all the stuff she says about him is absolutely right, too. But he's right about that. There are three major problems with with this Hillary story. Just based on what the FBI has told us, I mean, what they've admitted to, what we know from them, there are three problems. Number one, complete and obvious legal problems, violations of the law, right? I mean, there's no doubt. She violated those statutes that says you cannot do this. That is breaking the law, period. That by itself, her career should be done. She should uh, uh, slink away with her tail between her legs. And by that, I mean her pointy red tail wrapped around her hooves with her tail between her legs out of town, never to be heard from again, or we should be riding her out of town on a rail by itself. Do you want corruption in government? Even if you're a big progressive out there, do you, do you, is corruption part of what you want? Why are you supporting this knucklehead? Just because you hate Trump? Well, you're part of the problem for that. The second skip is incompetence. Throw out all the legal stuff. All right, Doc, there was really no violations of the law. No prosecutor would do this. Not really illegal. It's a small legal issue. It's not a big law that she broke or anything like this. Fine, throw that out. What about incompetence? Number two, incompetence. Why were the things top secret? Why is this a big issue? Why is it classified? Why even classify the stuff? If she's willing to be that reckless with the stuff, why is it classified? If I went to Hillary on those 150 whatever emails that she exchanged that were top secret or classified, and I said, I demand to see this information, what would her office have told me? No. Oh, we could give it to you, Doc Thompson, right? No. They would have told me to get the hell out of here. And I would have said, why? And they would have said, because it's... National security. National security. It's classified. We can't give you that information. But you can be that irresponsible with it? Not having a secured server? Did you hear what he said about the server, too? Going down the list of how unsecure the server was, how irresponsible she was, that there wasn't even a full-time security guard when she was like, well, Secret Service is watching it. There was not basic security that we have on our computers. I mean, it wasn't even like Norton antivirus on it, right? (laughs) So incompetence. She was secretary of the state who's now asking you for a greater role with more secrets and and more things that she's responsible for. And she has shown a complete incompetence in a much lesser role. That by itself, rode out of town on a rail, right? Your fifergated tail, out of town, (laughs) wrapped between your legs, gone. Okay, what about um, the third? The perception of all of this. 
Let's say it's not an illegal issue. Let's say she really wasn't incompetent, but there's a whole lot of us that believe she's incompetent. And in today's world, is that really the leader you're looking for? Somebody to unite America that could say, trust me, based on what I've done and who I've been? And this is not some vast right-wing conspiracy? Trust me, I don't want to be faced with the possibility of a Hillary presidency knowing what a dirtbag she is. I would much rather believe in Hillary or whoever it is likely to win the presidency. The perception of incompetence, the perception of impropriety at that level absolutely is important. Can you trust her or Trump? Is there perception from either one of them that they are a leader that can be trusted? All of these reasons individually should exclude Hillary Clinton from the presidency. Sadly, people don't give a crap about any of that because all they're worried about is that she says things like, well, You know, I've got a vagina, and I'm concerned with other women's issues, too. I'm going to make sure that I pander to minorities. Black lives matter. That's all they're concerned about. Enjoy your future, America. Doc and Skip in for Glenn Beck and the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Steve Harvey's cue card writer. (laughs) Lucy with the football. A Bangkok kidney transplant. All things that we hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Uh, Thanks to Jared, Marco, and Anita for those. Yeah, we had uh, had Ian also tweeting, Jim Jones making the Kool-Aid. (laughs) that's gonna gonna be a bad one too soon too soon uh from ho-hum rachel dolezal's ethnicity okay there you go triple eight seven two seven beck let's go to the phones now in missouri ron you're on the glenn beck program what's up ron hey i'm really surprised that you know chicago politics you you guys haven't talked about (laughs) chicago politics in seven years and and you don't realize that this is what's going on Uh um it's it started out with Justice Roberts making the ruling on Obamacare. I, who who doesn't see that somebody's got the goods on him and went behind closed doors and said, hey, look, you know, if you don't do what we want you to do, then bad things are going to happen. Ron, and I am not know what those bad things are. I am not given to crazy conspiracies, but I would be willing to bet big money if I had it that you're absolutely right that the fix is in and they have something on Justice Roberts. I absolutely believe that. Based on the way that whole thing played out, there's no question in my mind. Thanks so much for the call. Appreciate it. By the way, uh, that's another one. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Justice Roberts. Wow. How sad is that, right? Let's go to another call here. We got uh, Jerome in Ohio. How are you? Good, guys. It it doesn't bother me so much that she is not going to be found guilty, even prosecuted. What it boils down to me is her lack of principles and moral character to even start this from the beginning to, I want an own personal server where I can delete stuff and hide stuff so nobody can ever see what I'm doing. 
and I can nobody. You know, it's just that's the part that gets me is the fact that she just from the beginning. I want to be able to lie to people and hide stuff from everybody, so nobody could see it and delete stuff when I want to. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Jerome. Thanks so much for the call this morning. I think you're you're spot on with that. And I don't think, again, any reasonable person, if they were removing their biases, would conclude anything different. She had her own server that she was very cavalier about. Oh, security's fine when it clearly wasn't. And then wanted, uh, you know, her schedule put in the burn bag, you know, through the emails. The only way these things work together is if she was trying to hide what she was doing, what she believes, what she thinks. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. We have a Thad Cochran on the farm. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What was that? Thad Cochran on the farm. Senator Thad Cochran? Thad Cochran. Would that, would that be down on the farm? Is that a thing? Hashtag more trusted than Hillary? Down low on the farm. <laughs> down low on the farm. <laughs> hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Tweet at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. <laughs> This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Uncooked chicken, the Rio Olympics, Jeffrey Dahmer shopping at Williams-Sonoma, all hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Thanks to uh, John and uh, ZDA for those ones. Thanks so much. Yeah, hashtag more trusted than Hillary. So I just got a text message from a buddy of ours, Adam, who um, listened to the program this morning and here's talking about Hillary and the, the FBI director, Comey. He said, I'm in shock listening to the FBI director yesterday. He completely contradicts himself. Any reasonable, fair-minded person is looking at this guy and thinking he's destroying his credibility. Do you think he lacks credibility in this, Skip? Because he's always been fairly solid. People have liked him, right? Um, a lot of a lot of good feelings. I've heard some people defending him going, well, he doesn't really have an opportunity. I still think he's doing a good job. No, I think this does hurt his credibility. I mean, I don't know if there necessarily was an issue about it before, but I think there's definitely going to be questions about it now. By the way, folks, when you hear uh, Skip and I going off on something like this, this is not from a biased perspective. This is not us saying, which, by the way, I have a long history of disliking Hillary based on her actions and beliefs, but that does not play into this. Skip and I have taken a lot of slings and arrows. We've taken a lot of heat for some of the things that we have stood up for on our morning radio program on the Blaze Radio Network because we don't just go along with the traditional narrative of what conservatives are supposed to go along with. For six-plus years, I took heat from Republicans and so-called conservatives about going against George W. Bush. I say six-plus because I was about a year and a half in when I went, what the hell is this guy doing? And started talking about his failures, and people are like, wow, and they defended him. The other national radio programs defended that knucklehead for years. And then afterwards, towards the end of his administration, people are like, this guy's crazy spending. Tea Party pops up because of George W. Bush and TARP. Whereas I've been consistent with this stuff. Always consistent with the Constitution and belief and values. So when I say this stuff about Hillary, it's not because I'm biased about Hillary. It's because I'm consistent. And the same thing when it comes to Comey. This guy is not 
being consistent with those values. Sorry. And in this time, it is a failure from the perspective of a lot of conservatives. This is the problem with Donald Trump. If you're somebody that has talked about all these issues all over the, over the years and you're backing Donald Trump, how are you able to forget about all of those failures of Donald Trump? Things that you've bitched about for years. Where is the consistency, America? I respect consistent prog- uh, progressives more than I do wishy-washy conservatives. The wishy-washy conservatives are going to get it right sometimes. I at least respect the progressives for being consistent and sticking to their game and their message. Well, at least you know what to expect and, and can None. predict from them, and they will stay consistent to their points. I mean, their points are usually wrong, but at least they are consistent with it. That, that is important, too, and that's something that a lot of people don't do, and it's really lost and missed in politics today. All right, I want to get to uh, some of this press conference from uh, Director Comey yesterday. We're going to roll this thing out, and then we'll get some of your comments. 727-BECK, that's 888-727-BECK. And on the Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe. Use the hashtag, what I learned today. Here we go, FBI Director Comey yesterday talking about Hillary Clinton's fails. Members with whom she corresponded on email to those involved (laughs) in the email production to state and finally Secretary Clinton herself. Last, we have done extensive work to try to understand what indications there might be of compromise by hostile actors in connection with that personal email system. So that's what we've done. Now let me tell you what we found. Although we did not find clear evidence that Secretary Clinton or her colleagues intended to violate laws governing the handling of classified information, there is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. Okay, hold it. Flag in the play. Time out. Flag in the play. Uh, It's intent, Skip. That's what this all comes down to, intent. That's irrelevant to me. Whether or not she intended to break the law or not matters not. Now, there could be, and I'm not an attorney. I didn't write the laws. The statutes that she violated, the laws that she broke, there may not be one in this case, um, for people who don't intend to break it. In other words, what we do when there's murder. There's murder, there's murder too, there's manslaughter, there's all these charges, and a lot of that's based on premeditation and then intent. Did you mean to do it? Oops, I got drunk and ran the guy over. I just meant to get drunk, but in my drunken state, I ran him over. I didn't intend to kill him. But there is a charge for that, a lesser one, but a charge. Maybe there's not in this case. So you're telling us this comes down to intent. Well, that still falls under in, uh, incompetence, though. First of all, I... Ignorance of the law is no excuse. That's been a, right. a cornerstone of, of justice for a long time, too. Right, and maybe there is a part of the statute that says intent doesn't matter. But you're, because he, comes to, he ultimately says no prosecutor would take this. The prosecutor wouldn't, wouldn't do this. Does that mean that intent matters or not? This is what I need to know from Comey. Does the law say you have to intend to do this in order for you to be in violation of the law? That's what it comes down to if you're telling me. So tell me, does the law say that or not? So intent. Intent is what you're holding it on. He did blast her, though, saying absolutely did not handle things properly. Okay, let's continue. More of Comey here. For example, seven email chains concern matters that were classified at the top secret special access program at the time they were sent and received. Those chains... Secretary Clinton both sending emails about those matters and receiving emails about those same matters. There is evidence to support a conclusion that any reasonable person in Secretary Clinton's position or in the position of those with whom she was corresponding about those matters 
should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. In addition to this highly sensitive information, we also found information that was properly classified as secret by the U.S. intelligence community oh. at the time it was discussed on email. That is excluding any later upclassified emails. None of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system. But their presence is especially concerning because all of these emails were housed on unclassified personal servers, not even supported by full-time security staff, like those found at agencies and departments of the United States government, or even with a commercial email service like Gmail. <laughs> this is incredible. I think it's also important to say something about the marking of classified information. Only a very small number of the emails here containing classified information bore markings that indicated the presence of classified information. But even if information is not marked classified in an email, participants who know or should know that the subject matter is classified are still obligated to protect it. Hold it, hold it, flag on the play, flag on the play. The level of dereliction of duty he's talking about. Remember, he said, well, violation of the law, there was no intent. But he goes into great detail about the level of incompetence and dereliction of duty, right? I mean, it's egregious over and over again. Hundreds of times she failed just with sending that stuff. Then the level of failure with her, her own server, right? That level of incompetence, doesn't that automatically make you question if you could be that incompetent without intending to break the law. Do you see what I'm saying there? At some point with this level of incompetence, when, when do you start saying the person did know they were breaking the law or intended to break the law? For example, <clears throat> let's say I'm a reasonable person, uh, average guy out there, never in any trouble, but one night I go out and tie one on and I get pulled over for a DUI. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, judge, I didn't intend to do it. It was just one of those things, you know, I got drunk, no intention. I just screwed up. It was incompetence. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. But if I drink and drive to that level over and over and over and over again, waking up each morning saying, wow, I, I got drunk and drove again last night, even if I'm out of control based on the alcoholism, and I wake up in the morning and say, there it was, if I head out to drink that next night, I know that that's a possibility. Wow, every damn morning I wake up after blacking out and I'm at home, and I obviously drove home. At some point, I'm intending to break the law. Mm -hmm. Are you just out of control? Was she out of control like an alcoholic? She's a serial email sender? She's an emailaholic? <laughs> I doubt that. Right, but do you see what I'm saying? He's gone into that level of, of incompetence. At some point, you have to know. At no point did she send other emails that were, because she sent plenty of them not on that server that were classified, right? She sent classified and top secret emails other ways. She had other correspondence that was top secret, and she knew those had to be top secret. Why didn't she send those ones? Thousands of them she sent the other way. Do you find it at all surprising that of all those emails, the whatever, 30,000 that they're turned in, only about 100 or so of the emails actually contain classified information. I would think that as Secretary of State, who's obviously doing some business via email, there would be a higher number of classified things discussed and emailed back and forth. 
I would think, I mean, here you are saying that you are this concerned on one hand about national security and all the way she was, and then all, not concerned at all in all these other ways. Where's the consistency? It doesn't add up. Any deteckative will say there's a problem there. This is not consistent. Here's a little bit more of FBI Director Comey yesterday. And while not the focus of our investigation, we also developed evidence that the security culture of the State Department in general and with respect to the use of unclassified systems in particular was generally lacking in the kind of care for classified information that's found elsewhere in the U.S. government. Okay, hold it. Now, folks, this takes it to a completely different level, another level of incompetence. Where she, He's saying the entire State Department has a failure with this stuff? Of national security? By the way, does that include today under John Kerry? Has anything changed? Sarah, do we have the um, spokesperson for uh, the State Department? We have that audio. He was uh, given a press conference yesterday and was speechifying about it. He was asked if the Department of State is secure. Do we have that audio? Um, The FBI found enough, um, you know, Secretary Clinton's intent or whatever notwithstanding, um, that generally that there were a lot of officials that they came across in the scope of this investigation, which led them to believe that the culture is not taken as seriously as it could be. Well, I'll let the FBI director speak to the, the, their findings and recommendations in his investigation, as he should. The question was, do I share, do we share uh, the assessment of the culture at the, of the, at the institution of the State Department to be lax? And we do not share that assessment. We so take think, it very seriously. Well, clearly he found it in this previous administration, <laughs> so in the previous term. So you're saying that maybe that there was a lax culture that doesn't exist anymore? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all, at least. Um, uh, uh, I'm I'm not parsing words here. I'm saying that the State Department (laughs) has in the past and and does today take the treatment of classified information very seriously. Um, So it was just a few bad apples? And when we have... Pardon? So it was just a few people that Uh, did not take enough care? I'm I'm not going to speak to... Uh, any more specifically about the findings and recommendations that the FBI made and announced today. What I can tell you is uh, we don't share uh, the broad assessment uh, that there's a lax culture here at the State Department when it comes to dealing with classified information. Uh, Quite the contrary. We take it very seriously. I have one more. Okay, he's not parsing words there, Skip. No, that's exactly what he's doing. He's actually parsing words. That's exactly what he's doing. So she says, okay, FBI director said, at least under Hillary Clinton, there was a pattern of this level of incompetence when it came to security at the State Department. Nah, we don't agree with that. You mean now or under Clinton? Either one, we don't agree with that. So under Clinton, he's wrong. We'll let him speak to that. We just disagree. So how is there a disagreement? He wouldn't go into specifics on this. Was it a few people? The FBI found this, and yet the State Department is saying it didn't happen. So is, is the State Department's official statement now that Hillary Clinton didn't do those things? Probably, actually. I want to know, State Department, do you have the balls to come out and answer this question? Do you agree that Hillary Clinton violated the law or at least sent classified information over those emails? What is your position on this? Did she or did she not do it? But because when it came to the culture, you're saying you disagree with the FBI. Which is it? If she did it, then they're right about that. If she didn't, you're saying it didn't happen and the FBI is wrong? Give us some proof. And by the way, why would he be so uncomfortable giving an opinion on this? He's the uh, uh, spokesperson for the State Department. 
Hillary Clinton ran the state. I mean, there's nobody more appropriate to get comment on. Here it is. Uh, he's, a, he's a government employee who's trying to keep his job. Ah, there it is. Incompetent, boot-licking government employee. I could have just said union. This is The Morning Blaze. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck takes on some of the most pervasive lies and destroys the false promises of progressivism by taking you through its history. Get the truth in Liars, the new book by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. Al Sharpton's tax management skills. <laughs> Nigerian princes. Yeah. That odd hole in the men's room. <laughs> Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. <clears throat> By the way, thanks to uh, Jason, uh, John, and Don for those ones. Appreciate that. Greg tweeted with the hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Kim Jong-un at CC's Pizza. Ooh, that's all you can eat. Yes. Trust me, if you go to CC's Pizza and Kim Jong-un is there, you want to be in front of him. Do not be behind him. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, how horrible is that? Give you that, too. All right, get him in. If you would, on the Twitter, follow at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. And use the hashtag more trusted than Hillary. And, of course, what I learned today at the end of the program, if your tweet is deemed worthy, we'll include you in the uh, final segment with the hashtag what I learned today. Doc and Skip in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Doc Thompson and Skip LaCombe pinch hitting for Glenn today. Thanks so much for joining us. We're regularly heard on the Blaze Radio Network weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. But you can listen on demand for free anytime. Just go to theblaze.com slash doc. That's theblaze.com slash doc. We're uh, using the hashtag on Twitter, what I learned today. And if yours is deemed worthy, we'll include you in the show close today. But also trending nationally now since we started this morning is more trusted than Hillary. Like morning spew put Obama's job numbers. <laughs> So there you go. There's some really solid ones there. Yeah, we had a regular JAMA tweeting, uh, hashtag more trusted than Hillary, that container of unidentifiable brown goo in the back of the fridge. I'm trusting it more than Hillary, I gotta be honest. <clears throat> Hillary is president or taking a swig of that? I've taken a swig of that. Swig There's of. no question in my mind. A Jay Dozer, hashtag more trusted than Hillary, simple, but Satan. 
Let me think, let me think, let me think. Aren't they synonymous? That's the thing, is it's kind of... Mephistopheles, Satan. They're known by... He's known by many names, Skip. <laughs> Mephistopheles, uh, Beelzebub, yep. Satan, Hillary, the devil. I mean, they're all synonymous, right? Uh, from uh, Dare to Hope again, more trusted than Hillary, a vegan keeping the fact that they're a vegan secret. <laughs> Never going to happen. Because you know how you can tell a vegan. You don't have to. You don't have Don't worry. They'll, they'll tell, tell you. you. That's how you can tell. All right. Get those in. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. Get some phone calls as well. 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. Before I go to the phones, I got to share a bit of information with you. A gentleman by the name of Brian Nishimura, Nishimura. he was a military engineer that had access to classified information, digital records that could only be retained and viewed on authorized government computers. And according to an FBI report, after an investigation, they said he, quote, caused materials to be downloaded and stored on his personal, unclassified electronic devices and storage media. He carried such classified materials on his unauthorized media when he traveled off base in Afghanistan and ultimately carried those materials back to the United States at the end of his deployment. He admitted in their investigation, to, quote, destroying a large quantity of classified material. The FBSI investigation into his actions, quote, did not reveal evidence that he had intended to distribute classified information to unauthorized personnel. Yet, in 2012, he was found guilty. He was sentenced to two years probation, got a $7,500 fine, and had to forfeit his personal media containing the classified materials that he had. He also is ordered to surrender any current held security clearances and to never seek such a clearance again. He was prosecuted in 2012 for virtually the same things Hillary Clinton. He was found guilty. What is the FBI talking about when this has never happened before? They've never prosecuted people under these circumstances. Is it because he's in the military? Or is it so, because she was the Secretary of State? Right, exactly. So the Secretary of State's above the law. I trust members of the military more than I do her. Yeah. Which just reminded me of, a, of another, uh, another hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Nadal Hassan. <laughs> okay. I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean, right? All right, by the way, uh, before we get to the phone calls, I've got to play a clip of uh, President Obama. Sorry, trigger warning. We're going to play Obama's voice. Um, yesterday, speechifying on the campaign trail. With Hillary Clinton in North Carolina, here he is. Listen to and this. I couldn't be prouder of the things we've done together, but I'm ready to pass the baton. <laughs> and I know that Hillary Clinton is going to take it. And I know she can run that race. The race to create good jobs and better schools and safer streets and a safer world. And that's why I'm fired up. And that's why I'm ready to go. And that's why I'm with her. And that's why I need you to work just as hard to make sure that Hillary Rodham Clinton is the next president of the United States of America. God bless you, North Carolina. I mean, look at this. He is fired up, campaign, ready to pass the baton. This is the one we send to D.C. She's ready to go. While the FBI director classified her actions as Secretary of State as extremely careless. Extremely careless. Obama, ready to go. So what Obama is saying is, even though she was extremely careless with classified information, what we need to do is give her more classified information, including the nuclear launch codes. Okay, okay, that, that's what you have right now. That's the type of crap right there. 
All right, let's go to the phones. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Let's go to Bill in Florida. Bill, how you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing wonderful. I just wanted to point out that uh, Comey's uh, move is probably the best thing, uh, or the worst thing that could ever happen to the, uh, the uh, Never Donald Trump movement. Why do you think? Uh, to the well, simply because uh, everybody that was Never Donald Trump, and that includes Glenn Beck, may be leaning back towards Donald Trump because our options are very limited. Yeah, Bill, I don't doubt that there are going to be many people that, that hear this, people that were on the fence saying, I really don't like Trump, that now will say, I will vote for Trump because absolutely not. Hold their nose way. and pull the lever. For right. I, I don't doubt that, Bill. You're right. I don't know if it's going to be enough. His numbers are really falling right now. There's still a lot of time before the election, but um, we'll, we'll see. Thanks so much for the comments. I appreciate it. One thing I can guarantee is that uh, Glenn Beck is not going to go into that uh, camp. That is true. That is absolutely true. And I can guarantee you I'm not either. Again, I think he would likely, likely be on some level better than her. But that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for better. I'm looking for the person. And by the way, if you're frustrated by this stuff and you're looking for the person, Skip and I have a little clip of audio coming up a little bit later for you of Something that will be refreshing when it comes from a candidate. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Mike in the Commonwealth of Virginia. How are you, sir? Hey, how you doing there? Greetings from your old stomping grounds. How's the old Dominion this morning? It's doing just fine there, brother. We miss you on WRVA. Well, thank you so much. I'm, uh, I'm working on a plan that, that may bring me back to the area. Skip and I are considering some sort of business in the area, but it's all very hush-hush right now. I've said oh, too much. Oh, it's okay. Uh, you, you let it out of the bag when you're ready. <laughs> it's all very hush-hush. Uh, you're sharing it with two million people right now. <laughs> it's just, uh, it could happen. <laughs> all right. All right. Mike. I'll try to keep it short here. My, uh, I'm one of these guys that, with a heavy, heavy heart, was, was ready to vote for Donald Trump for the simple reason that I knew we couldn't withstand four more years of Hillary. But this thing sure. that uh, has happened over the last few days has made me a bit more vocal. It said, yes, we got to put Trump in office as much as a roll of the dice as that is for this very simple reason. And really, it's the only reason that even matters at this point. Hillary Clinton will never, ever be held responsible, held accountable for anything she says or does by the powers that be of the mainstream media. And Donald Trump will be held accountable for every last thing he does (laughs) and every word that comes out of his mouth. (laughs) And if for no other reason than that, we cannot have another president who's going to be allowed to skate on anything that he does or she does. There's only one way to stop that. And I wish it was a better option. I understand. Mike, thank you so much for the call. And I really respect your opinion, um, not just for saying nice things about dissing me. Uh, but seriously, I do. I get your passions. If you're the people that are, that are supporting Trump because you can't support Hillary, I really understand that. I get it. I'm just at a different place than that. And I hope you can express or understand where, where I'm coming from on it, too. Um, you know, you're holding your nose. I get it. Hillary is just... Absolutely not an option. She may be the worst person I could think of. I mean, seriously, I can't put anybody worse than her for, for president. It just, it, you know, outside of, hey, the guy who's running the Taliban now, or, you know what I mean? <laughs> seriously, I just, she is absolutely awful and potentially evil. So I completely understand that. As far as holding Trump accountable, he has not been held accountable thus far. 
for his actions, his beliefs, the things he's done. But he hasn't been in office. But I mean, even running for president. But I don't disagree, Mike, that going forward, he is going to be held accountable, even for things that maybe he shouldn't be accountable for. And here is the reason I say that. I have the front page of the USA Today. I just grabbed this from the hotel this morning as we were walking out when I saw it. Can you guys get a copy of this, a shot of this? At the, the headline on this morning's newspaper, when the news broke yesterday, after they had printed yesterday's newspaper about Hillary Clinton, the headline is, Casinos had multiple run-ins with rules, and it's a picture of Donald Trump. Records show re- reoccurring troubles with regulators. It's Trump and the law. They're doing a, a thing on Trump not being trustworthy in his run-ins with the law. Then a major picture in the middle of Hillary and Obama waving to the crowd, campaigning together. And the only thing they say about her, well, underneath the picture, it says a show of support. Look at Obama supporting her. And the only thing they mention from her troubles, Clinton isn't quite in the clear. FBI remarks likely to add arsenal of her political opponents. Not saying she's guilty. This is just going to give her political opponent something to, to say that's wrong about her. I mean, the bias drips off of it. This is incredible. I tweeted out a picture of this earlier today, and I'll tweet out. So if you're, if you're listening on the, the radio broadcast and can't see it, I'm going to go ahead and tweet out a picture. You've got to see this today. This, this is the ultimate bias. And USA Today, you are a rag and should be ashamed of yourself. Until you put at the top, as we, top of your newspaper, we are a bias rag. We lean progressive or whatever. You are absolutely scum. How do you get up every day and do this manipulating people? I don't hide my biases. I say them all the time. I put it out there. You clowns are out there manipulating people, trying to sway opinion. That's noble. That's moral. That's just. That's right. That's journalism. You people are scumbags. You're part of the problem. By the way, I gotta ask you, where'd you find a newspaper? Okay, see, this is weird. Skip and I are broadcasting for Mercury Studios Dallas today because we're doing some extra work filling in on this program, regularly heard on the morning program, the Blaze Radio Network. And we have to do it out of Dallas. And we'll be filling in some uh, television programs. Glenn's television program tonight at theblaze.com. We'll be filling in there. Uh, and we're, we stay at a hotel when we're in town. As I'm walking out, boom, a stack of these relic newspapers. It was right next to the crank telephone, <laughs> that type of thing. They had a horse and buggy pull up to try to, you know, shuttle people to the airport, which was the train station. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's where I found it. But when I saw that their headline, I glanced out and see their headline is about Trump's failures. Yes, Trump has many failures, many problems, run-ins with the law, things that I question. But that's the big news story from yesterday? Right. On Hillary's day, uh, the report from the FBI, that's yours, of Trump's failures. This is the problem. They're all in the tank. The fix is in. I mean, if anything, they, they should have had a, had a headline, something to the effect of, hey, no charges for Hillary. Or charges unlikely. FBI, right. I mean, to even make it look good for her. I mean, if you do want to add your own bias to it, but how do you give a, a, a preference to a Donald Trump story over Hillary Clinton when that was the big news yesterday? Well, and there are multiple ways of, of exercising your bias when you're a journalism, when, or journalist. When these media types, when they want to control the media, there are multiple ways. One is... The, the way you write the article. For example, in this case, the reporting was, Clinton isn't quite in the clear. FBI remarks likely to add arsenal of her political opponents. They didn't say, Hillary not charged, blah, 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 and here's what F- Comey said. It's, this is just going to give them arsenal to fight her because they're horrible people. So that's the first way you, you spin something, is the way you write it. The other is to not cover it. 
This is not covering. The biggest news story, bar none yesterday for America and Americans, is the report from Comey and the fact that he said she was, what's the term? Extremely careless. Extremely careless. That's the story yesterday. It should be top line, front page, number one, and it could have taken up most of the newspaper. It was not. So they were biased in two ways. Get a break in here, back with more of your calls and also some of your tweets. Stock and skip in for Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Hi there, it's Doc and Skip in for Glenn today. Thanks for joining us. To show you how far off the mark we are with most of these people we talk about, for many of the 17 people that were on stage for the Republicans, for the five whatever people that were on stage for the Democrats, and most people running for office, to show you exactly how far off we are, Skip and I have a little clip of audio from an interview we did this morning on our radio program. And if you want to hear the entire interview, just go to theblaze.com slash doc and you can hear it. This is an interview with a gentleman that you may know of and not realize it. His name is Clay Higgins. He's a captain, or was a captain, with the St. Landry Landry Parish um, Sheriff's Department in Louisiana. He's the one who was in these Crime Stopper-type videos where he would talk about crimes that happened to try to catch the perps, and he was real colorful in them. You remember those, Skip. Yeah, I know. He was awesome. Yeah, he's uh, saying things like, uh, uh, someone robbed the gas station last night. I'm going to go buy myself a burger. They're good people there. Saying that uh, if you raise a if you raise a weapon to me, I'll I'll meet you with uh, deadly fire, the precision of uh, law enforcement. I mean, just really hard. I mean, just a total badass. Yeah, he was great, and uh, I had said several times when we used to play him on our morning show these clips because they were just fun. I was like, this is the type of guy we need for president. This is him. Well, we interviewed him this morning because he's running for Congress. Listen to part of this interview and tell me this is not the type of people we should be looking for. It's a genuine expression of my love for, for my fellow man. I mean, to be a, a police officer, that's it, a job that begins with an oath, and it is a serious job. There's very few, very few endeavors uh, that begin with an oath. And our oath, when we wear a badge, and my brothers and sisters of the thin blue line are very receptive to this message. When we put on a badge, the oath that we swear is not to a chief or a sheriff or a marshal. It's to the constitutional principles that our badge is supposed to represent. So the, the job is very serious because our constitution is very serious. And, and, and of course, our service to, that, to the principles of that constitution is, uh, is a very honorable endeavor for any man or woman to undertake. So to be a police officer, certainly in America today, but it's been true throughout our history, is is a pursuit of honor, or it should be seen as such. And this is how I've always approached my job as a cop. I believe that the, the principles of our Constitution are etched upon every badge. And and if a, if a, if a cop can get his head wrapped around that, if he can get it, man, if you can get it, that that's what you're doing. You're serving the Constitution. You think about it, fellas. 
a police officer represents the most extreme restriction of freedom in the land of the free, be it seizure of property or or to actually take a man's freedom away. This is a very serious responsibility, and it, it should certainly be approached with a, a sober mind. Think about that. Here's a guy who says, and first of all, gets the restriction of freedoms, that that's what a police officer can and does. So you've got to take that seriously. You're talking about infringing rights. How many cops don't get that? I bet many do and many do not. So here's a candidate who's talking about the respect of personal freedoms and the power that comes with being a law enforcement officer to infringe those rights legally that we've entrusted with them. He talks about honor and faith and love for his fellow man. That part at the beginning where he talked about love for his fellow man, that's the reason he's a cop, because he loves his fellow man. And as much as he bags on these criminals in these videos and calls them scum and whatever, he said he's doing it basically, in my words, out of tough love. He's doing it for his fellow man. A guy running for office who wants to lead based on faith and love and honor and constitution. And who is not just saying that, but has lived his life that way having served as a, an MP in the Army and then uh, in multiple law enforcement jurisdictions in Louisiana. Wow. How far off are we the mark from Hillary Clinton? How refreshing is that to actually hear a candidate, not a politician, but somebody who wants to go to D.C. to fix things. He's too good for D.C. If you want to uh, support Captain Clay Higgins, go to CaptainHiggins.com. I just tweeted out a link. It's CaptainHiggins.com. If you like him, bet him. And then maybe support him. CaptainHiggins.com. Doc and Skip in for Glenn Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Pretty sure Glenn's back tomorrow. It's Doc and Skip today. I got a uh, tweet, Skip, at at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter about uh, uh, Captain Higgins and what that must be like for the young lads that roll up to take his daughter out. Oh, man. Yeah, the boys that come a-courting. I don't know if he has a daughter, but if he does and the boys come a-courting, that's going to be (laughs) true. That's going to be trouble for you. Listen, son, what are your intentions? That'd be scary. The sad thing is he knows what their intentions are. That's why that's going to be trouble. There's going to be a a bunch of well-behaved suitors, I think. Yeah, I mean, even if his daughter is smoking hot and I take her out and she is all over me, I'm going to be like, whoa, whoa. I'm not that kind of boy. Put on the brakes there, <laughs> sweetheart. I think slow, okay? What's, what's this all about? There's going to be a complete role reversal. Listen, no means no. No means no. I'm out of here.
Yeah, that's going to be bad. In one way or another, it's going to be bad because I could just to see see him. You know, you end up at the park, you know, lights off or whatever, and watching the submarine races. Right, knock on the window. I told you, your intentions must be pure. He's not Foghorn Leghorn. He's a little Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> He's a little big Foghorn Leghorn. He's a good guy though. That's that's who I'm looking for. Did you see the story about the uh, the private school in Manhattan? What they're teaching kids? No. This is so reprehensible. There is no justification for this. I don't care if you're progressive. There is no justification for this. This is absolutely wrong. And anybody who does not speak about this being wrong, they may actually be brain damaged. It's a uh, private school in Manhattan and it's a K through eight school. So it's not even high school. This is kindergarten through eight that are teaching all of their students that white people are born racist. Not only are they racist, they cannot escape it, and they are born racist. Based off of what? See, you're biased. You wouldn't even know that because you're white. Because so. I'm, I'm racist? Yeah, you're not going to understand this clearly. The school, um, this is what they've been doing. First of all, and this whole program is being taught by one of those social justice warrior type peoples. Okay? The school separates the kids by race. Okay, done, right there. Fail, fail. Haven't we moved beyond that stuff? Isn't this what supposedly the left fought for? Yeah, to avoid segregating the kids. So we have the black room and the white room. There it is. And the things that happen once segregated by race, it's white people and then non-white people, people of color. Because, by the way, when you hear people of color now, because you'll even hear the NAACP if you challenge them going, your name says colored people. That's offensive now in most circles. You can't say it. They'll say, no, no, we mean people of color is the reason it just, you know, it's out like they're like that from years gone by, but we mean people of color, i.e. not white people. When they separate these kids into white kids and people of color, what happens next, although separate, is not equal. The black kids are told that um, they should be proud of their race, and they should take pride in it and reasons why. They reinforce that they should be proud of their race with treats and special privileges that the white kids do not get. The white kids during this separated time are taught that they are wrong, that they are racist, and they can't escape it. They are taught about institutionalized white racism, the history of white colonialism and things, all of these things to reinforce how bad they are. Some kids have gone home crying to their parents saying that they are a bad person. Again, this is not even high schoolers. These are kindergartners, first grade, second grade. It's a private school too, right? This is a private school. Imagine them being te- teaching your kids that anything that is automatically within them that they have no control over is bad, is, is evil. Anything, your race, your height, your weight, your eye color, your, your religion, any school teaching any child, you're bad because dot, 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 you're tall. You're evil because you're fat. You're Jewish. You're fill in the blank. White, black. This is reprehensible. This is disgusting. One parent said, ever since Ferguson, the school has been increasingly anti-white, increasing the anti-white propaganda in its curriculum ever since Ferguson. 
The white kids are taught that the awareness of the prevalence of white and privilege and challenge the notions of colorblindness and assumptions of normal, good, and American. They challenge that's the things that say, well, if you're white, that's American. The white people I know are not saying if you're white, that's American. They're saying if you believe in the Constitution and personal freedoms and respect and these things, and you're, that's It has American. nothing to do with race. Right. Race shouldn't even enter the equation. It doesn't. It shouldn't. I mean, ex- with the exception of talking about the past. I'll, I'll give you that. There's, you know, racial issues in the past, sure. But they challenge the notion of colorblindness, saying this is bad. The idea of colorblindness, telling people to just forget about race and move on, nothing to see or treat people well. That has now become the narrative of these nutcases, these social justice warriors, that colorblind, not recognizing race, something we've worked toward for decades, is now bad. Because being colorblind is not recognizing the plight of non-white people. Amazing. And they're teaching this to kindergartners, Skip. Well, and are they saying now, too, that, that, that black people or people of color should be treated with, with kid gloves or be treated differently? Be treated, be treated better. better? Should be treated better to make up for all of the white oppression and whiteness and so on and so forth. Is that something that they would even want? I mean, to be uh, a special class, to be treated differently? I, th- I thought we were all trying to, to avoid that, to uh, treat everybody the same. Treat everybody That's, like you want yeah, to there you are with your, your colorblindness. That's what you're preaching, Skip. That's what you're preaching. Um, some people do want to be treated different. They get a little something-something extra, sure. Some would not want to. I would find it offensive if you want to treat me and say, well, don't worry, honey, let me pat you on the head and give you a little something special because you're black or you're white or you're Asian. I'd be offended by that. Who the hell are you? I can stand on my own feet. Just get the hell away from me and get out of my way. It's not what they want. But you've got to understand the people that are pushing this now, it's not about helping people. It's not about America. It's not about right. It's not about justice or love or any of this nonsense. It's about them personally, that individual who claims to be a social justice warrior, feeling inadequate, and number two, wanting power, money, authority. This is what they want to make themselves feel better. These people with that attitude are the same things that make dictators. The same thing that made Joseph Stalin who he was. Mao, Hitler, is the same thing that makes those people. I'm not saying they're out executing people like that. Don't misunderstand. I'm saying what makes them tick inside is the same thing. The end justifying the means, it's okay if we treat some kids bad because we believe that somehow that sets, sets right all of the bads that were done to other people. The end justifies the means, number one. Number two, you feel bad about yourself, so you're saying you need something special. This is crazy, and it's wrong. It's evil. Now, one of the social justice warriors that are leading this movement in this school, Anshu Wai, uh, believes that the best answer to racism is for white kids to see race in everything, a process that she calls white racial socialization. White racial socialization is what she's teaching. She believes that white babies exhibit signs of racism, How? How do they exhibit signs of racism? In fact, it's just the opposite of that. Babies generally do not. Now, at times if they do something or see something, it is because they do recognize differences. We recognize differences. Boys and girls recognize there are differences, tall, short, fat, or whatever. But it's not racism. It's just showing that we are not exactly the same physically. But it's not racism. She says that they do, so she encourages parents to begin discussing race with their children as early as kindergarten, 
making them, if they're white children, overly aware of differences between races and examining their whiteness. Skip, have you examined your whiteness today? I guess I haven't, no. Wow. Have you examined it at all in your life? No. You're, so you're going about your business in society not examining your whiteness. Have you? I examine my whiteness every day. Every day? Yes. What does that mean, to examine one's whiteness? I am not cool. I am lanky. Yeah, that's true. That's I, can't, I can't dance. I'm not particularly smart. I'm, I'm pretty white. I don't have a lot going for me here. How do you feel about mayonnaise? White I like, privilege. I like it. I like mayonnaise. A white privilege. You got. I like mayonnaise and Miracle Whip. I prefer the Miracle Whip. That's my white privilege right there. <laughs> I just said, said, I mean, like you said, too, we tried for such a long time to get to a point when this stuff doesn't matter and they're just digging things back up. She says that she separates them, kids of color, into one group because they need a safe space to share their ouch moments. I'm sorry, to share their... Ouch moments. What the hell is an ouch moment? It's a microaggression that kids experience. Kids, when you're at that level, they don't understand microaggressions, but they do understand ouch moments. Wow. Kids, I have an ouch moment today. She said it's uh, subtle, but still racist comments from white kids. She said um, uh, this school wants to give kids of color a space to talk about shared experiences because even in society today, people of color are treated unfairly. In the recent past, children of color in our lower schools have been told by well-intentioned peers that their skin looks like the color of poop. Kids have told kids that, so there it is. That's, a, uh, that's an ouch moment, I guess. If that's the worst thing that happens to you during your kindergarten career, you get called that your skin looks like poop? Everybody's name rhymed with something troubling, and if it, if it wasn't even troubling, it became troubling just because they kept saying it. She said the program is uh, just about empowering black children who feel alienated and devalued by the dominant white culture. She says the GI Bill is an example of white privilege. How? <laughs> what, is, what do you mean the GI Bill? She said it only benefited white soldiers in there and their heirs. Black soldiers don't get the GI Bill? Well, here's the thing. If you actually look it up, black soldiers did quite, roll, uh, did quite well. Black enrollment was gargantuan in the GI Bill, and, and this is throughout history, moving forward over the years, over the decades, and home ownership for blacks in America skyrocketed in direct relationship to the GI Bill. They can track how many of them use their GI benefits under the GI Bill to become a homeowner. But she just throws this out there, and people believe it. It's crap. This is, this is not only a lie, or it's not only offensive, it's actually a lie based on the things about the GI Bill. And yet people are accepting this. Why would you as a minority accept this? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I bet some of those parents are losing their minds. Over they this. are. And what are you going to do? Put your kids in another school? You're paying for this? It's a, supposedly a better school? My kids not, would not be subjected to this, black or white. They, just, they would not go through this. What do they do with the mixed kids? Uh, probably people of color. But I have a son that's half white, half Asian. Does, does he get to go into the uh, people of color ones if he was enrolled in this school? Um, what if you identify as somebody? Who's- oh, what if I'm white? Where would Rachel Dolezal, where would her kids go? Where would she end up in this? What about Sean? Sean King. Sean King, where would he go? The white one. The white one, is that what it's it was? Really clear the white one. He identifies as black, though. 
And so does Rachel Dolezal. Let me ask you to um, put yourself back into the mindset of when you were in high school. Um, let's say you uh, you go home. Talk By that to you mean day. yesterday because I've never really left high school? Okay. Yeah. Um, say you have some sort of a, a troubling thing and you go to your father and you request a moment for an ouch moment. Some time for an ouch. What would your father's response you mean, you mean my father? Yeah. My believed ouch moment that I presented to him would be followed by an actual ouch moment. So he smacks you upside the head? Yes, exactly. There would be an I would learn the difference between perceived ouch moment and an actual, actual ouch, moment. ouch moment. If I remember the quote from both my parents, it was, or I will give you something to cry about. Mm. That was, was kind of, stop crying or I will give you something to cry about. So, yeah, that's my Marine Corps father probably is probably how it would have played out. It would have been cool with the whole ouch moment thing? No, no, that wouldn't have played out real well. Quick break, Doc and Skip on the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. Mercury. to the Glenn Beck program. Doc and Skip in for Glenn Beck. We are a big fan of supporting businesses and people with the entrepreneurial idea. In fact, uh, we support a lot of businesses like Taste in Jamaican Salsa, which is tremendous. Sure. Taste in Jamaican or American Pride Roasters Coffee, AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Uh, just good products and people who get it. And we're always promoting people on our show saying, hey, get involved in business. I get a business idea, potentially. Exactly. And it's something we've kind of talked about. Lay it on me. The race card. Race card. Okay, that may be the race card. And feel free to steal this, folks. The race card. Okay. So, you know, as I've said, my one son is half Asian. Mm -hmm. So I've extended at times to you the ability for you to mock and have fun with the Asian race. I've given you a bit of a pass. You would get the card if you say something, you know, about Asians and someone's like, what's up? And you're like, hey, 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 hey. I get the race card. Doc Thompson says, okay, to have some fun with some Asian comments here. And our buddy like Lawrence B. Jones who is black, or, or uh, Ty Johnson News, who produces for us at times, black, they've extended that you know, umbrella for us when it comes to, to black people. Sure. We've extended to white. So Cal go, with the Muslims? Right, so Cal, our producer, but it comes to Muslims and Middle Easterners. So you'd be able to walk into a black neighborhood and start you know, riffing on blacks, and they're like, whoa! And you're like, don't worry, don't worry, right here. Lawrence said it's okay, here it is, I got the race card. What do you think? I think it's good. Now, would this race card be like a, like a check marks off for different races? Or are there different race cards for different races? Different, different race, different passes for different people. Yeah. You know, you know. here's what we'll do. We'll have you try it out. Okay. Go into Let's the neighborhood and, you know. Yeah. Mercury.
entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Programme. Hello, it's Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe. Pinch hitting for Glenn today. Thanks so much for joining us. We're regularly heard on the Blaze Radio Network. You can find details about us by going to theblaze.com slash doc. Listen to any of our programs on demand anytime, absolutely free. Theblaze.com slash doc's the easy way to find it. Over the years, Skip and I have teamed up with Mercury One, a charity started by Glenn Beck, to, to try to help people. We have gone all across the country doing a lot of different types of things to help people, a lot of different fundraisers. We even broadcast from Moore, Oklahoma, Oklahoma a couple of years ago at a moment's notice in order to raise funds for that community after the tornado came through. And it included a 24-hour broadcast where you might recall we were on the air for 24 hours straight, which is kind of grueling. It was pretty tiring. But we're willing to do these things because we're driven to help people. We keep telling the people at Mercury One, you know, let us be more involved. How can we help out? And we tell people on our morning radio program all the time, how can we help you? What can we do? And we're willing to if we can. That's the reason we're really driving people to Mercury One, mercuryone.org, to help the people of West Virginia. In addition to all of the people we've helped all over the country, when natural disasters have happened, um, other tragedies have befallen them, West Virginia has a special place in my heart because that's where my father's side of the family is from. My father passed away this year, so it's even, even more so on my mind. He would spend his summers in a county called Greenbrier County in southeastern West Virginia. His, uh, his parents, the Holidays, had a little homestead at the, uh, the intersection of a couple of, of rivers, a creek. There's a town, logging town called Spring Creek, which is no longer there. It's right near uh, Ronsefort and, uh, and not too far from the Greenbrier Hotel. The Greenbrier Hotel is one of my favorite places, not just because of that, but because it is wonderful to go to. It is a fantastic place to stay at. I want to get an update of what's going on in West Virginia with the owner of the Greenbrier Hotel. His name is Jim Justice, and he's joining us now. Mr. Justice, how are you, sir? Doc, I'm doing great. Just please call me Jim. All right, Jim. I'm, well, I'm doing as great as can be, but, uh, but uh, it's surely been a trying time. I can promise you that. So you, did you grow up in that area? I know you live in Lewisburg now, right? I do. I live in Lewisburg. I'm the, uh, I'm the high school basketball coach for the girls and boys at, at Greenbrier East <laughs> High School in Lewisburg. And, uh, and I, I grew up in Beckley, West Virginia. I've been in West Virginia all my life. Tell us, tell us how the area has been impacted by the floods. I know 26 are dead, but that doesn't begin to tell the story, does it? Well, no, it doesn't, Doc. You know, I, I'm an outdoorsy kind of guy, and, and you know, I, I want I want you to pass on, you know, my best to Glenn and all you guys. I think you do a fabulous job, and I thank, thank you, you so much for all you've done for so many for, for all through the years. But, uh, but, but, Doc, you know, like I said, I'm an outdoorsy kind of guy. You know, I love to hunt and love to fish, and and uh, you know, I, I, I've seen all kinds of weather. I've never seen anything that even compares to anything like this, and. Uh, if you're not really on the ground and you really are not in the neighborhoods and don't see the the magnitude of the loss, you know, it's just it's just hard to fathom. I mean, I've seen so many disasters all across the country on TV and whatever, and and you 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 see it and you you feel the pain, but you don't really you really don't gravitate to the level of the pain that's really there. And uh, I mean, just just imagine this, you know, I, the the guy that keeps my scorebook and the, and runs the scoreboard at my basketball games. And you know uh his name is is Ronnie Scott, 
and and Ronnie's, you know, Ronnie got his told his wife to get their get their car and get it to high ground. He took the children, got the children out of the house. The wife turned around and got after got after after she got the car out, went back to the house. He she calls, she gets trapped in the house. Water's oh coming up too fast. She calls Ronnie, and Ronnie's crawling up a bank, you know, trying to get to where he can see the house. Wow. Then the next thing she says, she can smell natural gas. Oh, no. He hears this terrible explosion. She's blown through the roof into a tree, 70% burns on her body. And we lose her three or four days ago as well in oh, the medical my center. Golly. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, we found body after body out on our golf courses here at the Greenbrier. And you know what the Greenbrier's like. The Greenbrier is just so Wonderful. pristine and just so yeah. peaceful and good. And uh, and it's just it's you know it, you know you've just got people that wow. lost all their belongings, lost their homes, don't know where to go. We opened the Greenbrier up to just uh, you know the Greenbrier had to be shut down because of all kinds of issues that we were dealing with. But we did open it up to the people, the community, and so we had hundreds of people staying here. They didn't have hot water, but at least they had a bed to lay in and maybe some meals to eat and cold water to take, a little bit of a shower. But uh, but it's yeah, there's been so many people that have really reached out and stepped up and really helped. But uh, I am telling you, it, you know, we've got 44 of our 55 counties in our state that are impacted, and and it's uh, it's been the worst disaster in West Virginia history, hands down. I've, now, I've heard the term thrown about, and this is loose, but thousand-year flood. Would that shock you to find out that that's accurate, that this is once-in-a-thousand-year flood for, uh, for West Virginia? Well, it's not going to shock me in any way, shape, form, or fashion because I know. You know, yeah. Greenbrier's been here since the late 1700s, and uh, we have a high water mark that was recorded in March of 1915. And 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 this water exceeded that by wow. multiples of feet, and I mean I'm talking in excess of five feet anyway. And so, uh, without any question, I mean you know General General Hoya with the National Guard was in my office yesterday. Everybody's confirming thousand year flood. My uh, my my cousin is the chief of police in. Um in uh, Elkins in Randolph County. Yeah, and um, he said his, um, his church has been raising money. I know churches all over, not just West Virginia, but the country have been raising money for the area. And that's, that's what we're trying to do as well. But I've tried to explain to people, you've, you've taken an area that's economically uh, been pretty down for, you know, for, for many years. And then you hit them with all the, this stuff where they're going to be at a loss. And then on top of that, the businesses in the area are impacted, so these people don't have the opportunity to make money. I mean, this is the perfect storm of bad for people. Well, I mean, you know, Doc, all that's all that's right. I mean, you know, West Virginia has has been known forevermore for being a you know a, an energy state, and and coal has surely been significantly impacted <laughs> over the last few years. A lot of people have lost their jobs, and 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 now with what's going on here, you know, that uh, you've got businesses impacted. You know, we're trying like crazy some some way, somehow, to get the Greenbrier back up and running just because we've got 2,000 employees, and these people need a place to work. You know, it just, uh, it, it's just, I mean, this is the perfect storm, and, and, uh, and you know, we've, we've, had, we've had mine disasters and things like that, but as far as a weather event, uh, nothing like this ever that I, would, I could even comprehend. We're talking with Jim Justice. Uh, so are, are you running for governor as well, right? 
Well, I am, but we're going to put okay. that way on the back okay. burner for right All right, now. I just want okay, I just want to throw it out there though. So, running for governor, but uh, owner of the Greenbrier, lifelong West Virginia resident, obviously has a a passion for it. That's home. Uh, in case you're just joining us, but Jim, if if you look at the the history of the area and the Greenbrier Hotel, and it's been there and it's been successful, can you tell us a little bit more about how you took over the Greenbrier? Because if I'm not mistaken, it had fallen on some hard times, and it was. Uh, I think they were downsizing, employees were being let go, and you've kind of built it back up. Well, we have, but, you know, I, I really, if, if if you've been here, and I know, Doc, you have, it, it, yeah. you know how great these people are, and they make me look a lot better than I am every day, <laughs> but, uh, but because they're, they're fabulous. They're loving, and they're appreciative people, and, uh, and they know how much the guest means to them and their livelihood by the guests being here, but, uh, but you know, just, just to tell you how it all happened in, I guess in 2009, uh, the CSX had decided to go another way. Now, they had been great stewards of the Greenbrier for 100 years. The Greenbrier had not been a moneymaker by any stretch of the imagination, but they had decided to go another way. And then, then the next thing that happens is uh, there's nine unions here, and before you know it, everybody's in a food fight with everybody. And, and so the CSX puts it into bankruptcy, and one thing leads to another. Well, I live you know, nine miles away, and, and, you know, and, and, and I can surely feel the pain. Nobody loves West Virginia more than me, and nobody loves its people more than me. And so, I, you know, I, I wanted to get involved. Somehow, some way, I get involved. You know, I just come in at the last minute, and, and lo and behold, boom, 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 we own it. And, and from <laughs> that standpoint, from, from there, we start, you know, trying to do things to restore the people's benefits and bring them back to work. And, and, you know, they were, they pretty much already kind of settled in that they were going to go to a total employment of seven to 900 people maybe here. And, and, and it, it was doom and gloom for this area because the Greenbrier is a gigantic employer for this area. And so, yeah. so we've done a lot of things, you know, we've, we've got a PGA event here and the New Orleans Saints are here and, and you know we've built, we've changed restaurants, and we've put a lot of energy back into the place. We built a beautiful chapel and an outdoor tennis stadium, and lots of oh, stuff. Oh, so, okay. So there's been a lot of really neat things happen, and uh, and and everybody's, you know, every. I mean, this place was on fire. I mean, really and truly, it was the hottest of the hottest place. It was a real success Booming. story from the standpoint of profitability and everything that's going on, and. And it's a real happy, happy place. And we've taken a cannonball to the stomach here, but we'll we'll be back. How many golf courses does the Greenbrier have? Because your golf courses are, are just spectacular. Well, we have three on the main campus of the Greenbrier, and then we have the Sneed course, which is one of our sporting club courses. Okay. We, in addition to that, we have Oakhurst, which is the – was the first organized golf club in America, 1884, where people still play there with the feather balls and the hickory shafts. Oh, and, wow. and then And then right on top of, of Oakhurst, which joins Oakhurst, we're, and this, this dock is really neat, but we're building a golf course with Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, and Lee Trevino, and we've never before in the history of time have the four gone together to design wow. something. But we're building that right now, and 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 they're all collaborating and all designing it, and they've all been just super gentlemen. And here you've got four legends building an incredible golf course at the real home of golf, and you know it's just it's really neat. But when you put that together, we'll have six courses. That's that's spectacular, and I know you have 
hunting and fishing in the area and everything else. And, and just to do a moment on the Greenbrier itself, it is a, it's spectacular. It's a great spot. It's relaxing. It's outdoorsy. It's wonderful. And I say that, Mr. Justice, we're talking with Jim Justice, because I, I want to help bring the Greenbrier back. I know you guys are having some troubles, and I know you'll, you know you'll be open eventually and you'll get this done. But please think of us in the coming months, and I'll do whatever I can to help you out, because I recognize, in addition to helping the people in the community directly that have been impacted by the floods, if we can help areas and businesses that we help anyways, but specifically ones in areas like that, like the Greenbrier, we're going to do a lot of good. It's that teach-a-fish thing. If we can help promote those businesses and bring the Greenbrier back, then it's going to help those people fish every day and, and be able to take care of themselves and their families. Well... Uh, your words are very kind and very much appreciated, and uh, I'll sure to let you know. And we have a little okay. – you know, let me tell you this last thing, Doc. We started yeah. a little can drive here because our, our Greenbrier Classic Big FedEx Golf Tournament was going to be here, and we, you know, we, we were going to have everybody bring a can of food. And we called it Neighbors Loving Neighbors, and we were going to dis, dis, you know, distribute it to the food banks. Well, that took on a real different d- dimension once the floods came. I'll bet. <laughs> but if people want to donate, and, and we'll make sure there won't be one administrative cent taken out of this. Nice. We will make sure every dollar goes to somebody in real need. And, and But if they'd go on, on let me see, it's, it's greenbrier.com slash donate and look for Neighbors Loving Neighbors. They could really help a lot of people that are really hurting. I, I just, I just, I can't tell you enough how, how how these people, how hard they're trying, and how destitute this situation is. Well, we're going to be here for you in the coming months. If you need anything, you pick up the phone, you call, and we'll get the word out to to the people and and see what we can do for you. Okay, and I'm going to be here to help promote the Greenbrier and help promote the area. Okay. All right, listen, Doc. Thank you guys so much thank for you, all sir. you do all the time. Thank you, sir. It's Jim Justice, owner Come of the on. Greenbrier Hotel. Uh, I just uh, I just love the area, and I love the Greenbrier. It, my, my father had told me about it, and as a boy, he had grown up, as I said, in the area and knew of this place that had been around. I think they opened the year after the Declaration of Independence or 10 years. Within 10 years, it's, it's like, a, like an even yeah, number like 1700s, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, you know, hundreds of years, something like 22 presidents have stayed there, and it's a palace. It's wonderful. Um, and it's definitely a destination. There's not a lot in the area. You go there to take part in the hotel and the outdoor activity or whatever. But my father is a boy who grew up in, in poverty, you know, would see the Greenbrier and think of this as a, you know, a big status. So for his son to grow up and stay there, you know, to have the, the ability, the money to go, yeah, the, the wife and I will take a weekend and go there and spend our honeymoon there for a couple of days was overwhelming pride for my father it's incredible yeah so when i hear about uh, mr justice uh, talking about that it's it's pretty powerful we're going to do what we can to help him out and continue to help the area and if you would please donate to mercuryone.org and it'll go to the area and just like the fund mr justice was talking about the um every penny goes to help the people as you know there's no administrative cost when it comes to these funds that we set up through mercury one because Glenn Beck and, and others take care of the administrative costs out of theirs with different fundraisers or out of their pockets. So when you donate, there is no administrative cost. It's going to help these people. And in the coming months, I'm going to share with you on our program, on this program, other Blaze properties, blaze.com, some of the things that the Greenbrier is, is up to. And we hope to do some things with them that is going to help promote the area. Lots of good stuff coming. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget mercuryone.org. Doc and Skip on the Glenn Beck program.
In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck takes on some of the most pervasive lies and destroys the false promises of progressivism by taking you through its history. Get the truth in Liars, the new book by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. The Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Triple eight seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Doc and Skip in today. I'm just looking, Skip, how big our uh, hashtag, more trusted than Hillary, is gone. It is Mega viral crazy right. right now. I saw a couple of good ones. Somebody was TSA agent with mirrors on his shoes. Ooh. Senator Palpatine and Khan Noon Singh. This is hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Uh, we, we had David tweeting, uh, O.J. Simpson hiding in a bush with a knife in his hand. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, there could be a reasonable explanation for that. I could give him the benefit of the doubt over Hillary. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you're going to excuse something away. Yeah. You know. Hashtag uh, more trusted than Hillary. Uh, my dog watching me put my steak in a chair as I leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Probably trust that dog more than you can trust Hillary. Okay. Just tweeted from NYC for Trump. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Leonardo DiCaprio preaching about global warming from his private jet. Yep. More trusted and, and more logical and makes more sense. Right? I mean, let me give you that. It's quite reasonable. Hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Pee Wee Herman behind you in a movie theater. <laughs> a massage by Edward Scissorhands from Ginger. Ooh, it's a bad one. Brett, Brett Favre announcing his retirement. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Kanye, no, no, seriously, I'm retiring. Kanye West with a microphone. Uh, clubbing with Lindsay Lohan, mm-hmm. Volkswagen admission statements, hashtag more trusted than Hillary. Obamacare succeeding. Oh, there it is. That might be the one. That okay, be. that's, the, that's the one. Retweet that go ahead and read that, yeah, tweet that one out. One. All right, we'll get them into us if you would, and uh, tweet at us if yours is deemed worthy. We'll include you in the show close as well. We'll be uh, pinch hitting for patents too immediately following this program. Coming up on the uh, Blaze Radio Network, just go to theblaze.com slash radio for more information on that. Get those tweets in, and don't forget to follow us at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. Uh, just retweeted the information about the uh, Mercury One donations to help out the Greenbrier in the area, uh, West Virginia, that was hit by the floods. It's uh, mercuryone.org, so all of that's on Twitter if you missed anything about the program today, including the information about Captain Higgins. So that's all up there. Easy way to find it. You can go back and check all of that. Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, in for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck Radio. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Joining us now is at StuntBrain on Twitter, Mike Opalka, the contempt ambassador of TheBlaze.com. Hold on there. Hold on there, Sparky. That's content ambassador. I'm just not so sure. I mean, I've had correspondence with you and talked with you. All right, well, whatever you say. You know know why? Yeah, go ahead. Based on experience, then, yes, your characterization is accurate. (laughs) Uh, we he's honest. Him, yeah, on uh, Twitter we call him at uh, StuntBrain because he's, he's a StuntBrain. Stunt All right, Mike. Um, apparently, the Clock Kid is returning to Texas from yeah, Cutter. Well, that's this has been reported for a few days now that the the kid from that uh, fabulous incident last year in Texas is back, and some reports have said he's homesick. But I am telling you, and I will verify this in greater detail in the future that he has to come back to testify in the lawsuits that he's filing. And let's remember, he's basically oh. suing everyone in the state of Texas. <laughs> well, he's got, he's got the local community here. I think it's Irving, right? And then he's got yeah. uh, the state and everybody else and there's personal lawsuits. Yeah. Okay. So this could be uh, a, a money-making effort. Yeah. I think we're going oh, okay. to see him on judge Judy. <clears throat> Wouldn't that be great if it was trying to judge Judy? No, no, I want Judge Joe Brown. I want one of the real low ones. I want, I want Judge Reinhold. Show that. I would, I would love Judge Brown to declare him pitiful. That, that's just pitiful. Uh, so when he returns, will he have to set his clock ahead eight years now? By eight, I mean eight hundred years. I see what you've done there. When you return from the Middle East, you set your clock ahead eight hundred years. Well, I, I wonder how bad is it in Cutter if you got to come back to the place that you basically ran away from six months ago or, or six years, not even six, not even a year ago. It was about six months ago. It was October yeah. of last year. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. They, the, the articles I've seen written about it, they characterize it as, oh, he's homesick and he's learned a little bit, whatever. I'm thinking he may have learned a lot, like, oh, this is what everywhere else is like. Well, oh. It, he he also, you know, he demanded an apology and $15 million for compensation. How does he arrive on that figure, $15 million for... Well, you think $14 million is enough for that? Yes! So you'd be slighted for $10 million? Is that what you're saying? Sure! What if, what if you knew you could get fifteen? Well, no, of course, he's going to get as much as he can. Right. See, I always hate that with lawsuits, too. Like, the amount they sue for is dependent upon how much money the person who wronged them has, yeah, oftentimes, too. Or, or how much the attorney has in mortgage yeah. fees. Well, my mortgage <laughs> is this much. I get 60% Ridiculous. or third of what. All right. Yeah, that seems crazy. Hey, what's uh, burning up the blaze today, Mike? Well, yeah, of course, we're following everything related to yesterday's FBI decision. But the big story is... Uh, Congressman Alan West, former congressman, yeah, explaining why he is absolutely delighted about the FBI's verdict. Really? Uh, Even the Hillary Clinton thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's he's got a different stance than the rest of the Republican Party, and uh, you know when Cruz questioned the integrity, you you have to read what Alan West says because I I want you to click on it. But you know I respect Colonel West. I think he's a a great constitutional sure. representative. He's a guy who would he. I would love to see him as Trump's VP choice, just personally, because I, I think he'd bring a lot more credibility. But he breaks it down that uh, he he was always worried Obama would release the hounds on Hillary Clinton uh, and uh, push Joe Biden to be the nominee, and that would have changed the game. 
But you got to go see how he breaks it down because it's Alan West. It's classic. Cause yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, he's always yeah. Uh, I've I've always had a great deal of respect for him. Seems like a good guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's there. And I, did you see? I don't know if you saw the um, the picture of the comic book that came out recently, the new Marvel comic that has a supervillain who resembles a certain presumptive GOP nominee. No, I. <laughs> what well, is that on just... there? I gotta see. Oh, wait oh. a minute! Oh, snap! Okay, yep, yep. there it is. <laughs> yeah, he's got an orange face. He has the white around the eyes and the tiny hands. <laughs> okay, yeah, Mike. This is a character from years gone by. If I just recognized him, um, Madoc. I kind of recognize him. I never really got the character before, if this is what I'm thinking it is. But definitely the updated version, it looks like Donald Trump. Had they confirmed that they did that, or people just realized it? No, no, it's, it's pretty much been set up. Last fall at Comic-Con in New York, uh, one, of the, mm. one of the Internet channels walked up and down the artist aisle and said, can you draw Trump as your favorite villain? And a bunch oh. of people did it. And then Marvel quickly snapped up on it. And made this happen. So it's you can see the pictures there. Twitter loves it. And uh, oh yeah, it, I'm sure it, it's a lot of fun to see that one in there. Um, so uh, so if I were to try to draw him as my favorite villain, I would have to draw him as Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So that's uh, really it's kind of an inception wow. thing going on there. Hey-o. You could, why you could do that Frank Gorshin thing from Star Trek, where one side of the face is Trump and one side of the, face <laughs> the two is faced, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be cool. Would Hillary's be already cool. two-faced, though. Yeah, Hillary's already oh. two-faced. Oh, so there you go. It, that's why she'll never be on Mount Rushmore, because you only have room for one face. Oh, I just <laughs> there. That sounds like a setup to an old joke. Okay. It is. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mike, uh, I see a story about uh, Boston cab drivers returning, uh, a Boston cab driver returning a bunch of money left in the taxi. $187,000 in cash returned by a cab driver. And thankfully, you know, the people yeah. are very happy. I would, you would have been over the moon, wouldn't you? You'd have so been you get like, my 887000 back? Sure enough. Yeah, yeah. And so they gave the guy a reward and took care of him. Well, they give him like uh, five grand or something. It's 187 you got back. I imagine like, what, 10%, 18.7? Yeah. Does they give him 18.7? You're, you're a little off on that, you know. Okay, think, 1%. So. Uh, one thousand eight hundred seventy. So a little, like, like two grand, one percent of it. How about a hundred dollars? They only gave him a hundred dollars. Okay, what is that? What? <laughs> ten, <laughs> one tenth of one percent would be a hundred and eighty-seven dollars or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, is, this will be very interesting <clears throat> to watch to see if there's a GoFundMe campaign. But this is cab driver. This is like Judge Smales leaving a tip, right? I mean, here you go, one quarter, lad. Don't spend it. Let me get you a fresca, right? I mean, <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I can't believe you went right to Cat. <laughs> Smales. There it is. Mike, I mean, I, I, if I'm a first of all, where do, who was the person that's just casually driving around Boston with $187,000 on him? What, who was the... Well, yeah, who is that is walking around money? Yeah. Well, don't, first of all, um, you know, do you really want me to reveal somebody who's walking around with $187,000? Yes, I, I do, because yeah. I want to go to Boston and meet them somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm probably expecting that person to get a visit from someone in the Treasury Department in the very oh, near future. Okay, so you're, the, the money may not have been in the most reputable of 
legal of okay gotcha i'm not saying that doc i'm just saying that you know if you're going to put me in the position to reveal you know, snitches get snitches they do indeed That's so true. let's just move on as far as that let, let me ask you this though mike i think you're an honorable man and i think you would return the 187,000. i think you'd turn it in absolutely i i would do exactly what raymond buzzy mccausland did you know, he's, oh, that's sure. the cab driver's sure. name. How do you not love Buzzy? Um, Buzzy's obviously an honorable person. I know Skip Lacombe would return the 187000 I myself would return the $147,000. I, I know it's 187000 That's what I said, $107,000. Boom, all of it, every penny right out there. The $87,000, you're getting all of it back. Yep, I'm... <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. There would be an easy way to say, here's the big money... Oh, I don't know. Was there more? It must have fallen out of the bag. I don't know. I, yeah, just, you and know. you know, just if it just happens to belong to somebody who makes his living, I don't know, in the trash hauling business or something soprano-like, <laughs> if you don't have the <laughs> amount of money that was in right. the bag, you're going to find out how much is missing from the owner. I see what you're saying. So you're saying if you find the money, steal it all because they're going to have you on the hook for the amount that's missing <laughs> that's, anyways, right? That's a right? good call. That's and smart. you could just disappear, right? That's, that's a thinker right there. Okay. At Stunt Brain says just take all of the money. Don't give them part of it because they're going to believe you have the other. Good call, Mike. Excellent. That's, yes, yesterday yeah. I'm a lizard man. Today I'm a soulless crook. Listen, you grew up in Boston, or you grew up in uh, Chicago. You live in New York City. I mean, if anybody knows how this uh, this scam works, I mean, it's you. I mean, you're out there on weekends doing the pigeon drop, I'm pretty sure. Hey, follow the queen. It's uh, three-card money, right? Uh, I, I refuse to answer that. Speaking of New That's York, today, I'm over on the west side, and today I was walking <laughs> past the Chelsea Market. You know where it is on 9th Avenue? Yes, the Chelsea Street. Clinton Market. Um, no, no, that's no, the, it's it's the real Ch- ugly place. I don't. Uh, looks Ch- like a dog. Chelsea, a acne. Chelsea Market is a lovely building where a lot of companies and cool restaurants are located. Mm-hmm. But I saw five NYPD terror squad guys in the black uniforms carrying the AR-15s standing right outside, and then on a on a dime they turned and mm. kind of sprinted into the building, and so you know, like. Like a normal person, instead of running away, I followed them in <laughs> to see what the heck was going on. It obviously, turns out, obviously, they didn't see you because you're you're still able to call us. Then, so okay, yeah, good. I was good. I was right behind them. I actually followed them for a bit and finally asked them, "Is everything okay?" And they said, "Yeah, this is our routine patrol." So uh, you know, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a hold it, wait a minute. Their routine patrol is to sprint into Chelsea Market in full garb, armed, everything. Yeah, it seems. Well, once they got in, they walked Mm -hmm. in a line among the crowd. But it seemed it was a little distressing to me because when's the last time you saw AR-15s being carried around Manhattan? Uh, Skip and I saw one patrol like that one time in all of our recent travels over the last few years to New York. Yeah, Yeah. five five of them together in the black uniforms Mm -hmm. wandering the halls of Chelsea Market. I'm going to go back after uh, you guys finish and see if I can get video. Of them because there there are wow. patrol cars stacked up outside as well, so I it's got to be some kind of a target on somebody's list. Yeah, that you're right. That must be un, or unless when, now did you stay with them when they sprinted in? Did they stop when they got to the local stands? They were just buying some fruit, some fish, no, and uh, getting nuts. For nuts nuts for, are, they, they, are they nuts for nuts, Mike? They are, but once okay, they good. quick stepped in, they kind of slowed down and just formed a. a a patrol with two in front, one in the middle, and two in the back. 
and they just combed through the crowd slowly with mm. their weapons out but facing down. Mm, interesting, interesting. Wow. Wow, that is yeah. pretty scary. Skip and I have seen some of the, the odd vehicles in Manhattan, too. Some of the, the black... Some, some of the MRAPs, some of the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, these were just regular SUVs, the white NYPD SUVs, but I've seen the MRAPs. And have you seen the ones with the um, scissor lifts that elevate a, a compartment above the street up to about 30 yeah. feet so they can actually yep. have an observation <laughs> station? These guys have some kind of stuff. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. All right. Uh, those stories and more at theblaze.com. Just go to theblaze.com and you can uh, see that and much, much more. All right, uh, Mike, appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, Contempt Ambassador. Thank you, okay. gentlemen. Content. Yeah, okay. I think I Never. think I got it. Never. Whatever. I think I'm a little more accurate on that. Uh, on Twitter, it's at StuntBrain if you want to follow him. All right, going to get a break in here. Then we're going to come back and find out what we uh, learned today. Get your final ones in. Use the hashtag what I learned today. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Glenn Beck Program. All righty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the Glenn Beck Program today, hosted by me, Doc Thompson, along with Skip Lacombe. But before we go, as always, let's find out what we learned today, brought to you today by American Pride Roasters Coffee. Please try the best coffee in America at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. We learned that when eating at the Pyongyang CC's, get in line in front of Kim Jong-un. Always. We learned that if you're looking for a good time, do not court Clay Higgins' daughter. That's not where you get a good time. That's going to be trouble for you. We learned from Obama the next president should be someone extremely careless. Right? That's a... Absolutely, yeah. We learned Skip Lacombe has never recognized his whiteness. Dude, I I admitted I like mayonnaise. Okay, rarely recognizes his whiteness. It happens, though, time to time. Finally, I learned that Ahmed the Clock Kid, when he returns to America, he'll set his clock ahead 800 years. (laughs) Skip Lacombe, what, if anything, did you learn today? I learned that Thad Cochran is on the down low with farms. (laughs) Uh, We all learned virtually everything, and everybody is more trusted than Hillary. Yeah, that's right. Use that hashtag, more trusted than Hillary. Let's keep that thing going all day. And last but not least, I learned that the Blaze Studios in Dallas is an ouch moment free zone. It really is, except when Glenn returns. Then there's a whole lot of ouching going on. Basically. A lot of it. What, if anything, did the listeners learn today? Uh, Mama Terry learning. I have a feeling Skip Lacombe had a few ouch moments in Pontiac. Yes, that's right. What happened in Pontiac? Nothing. Let's just move on. Uh, From Rachel, actual ouch moment is going to be getting a tax bill for these people's nonsense. (laughs) Snoozing duck learning anyone with a security clearance known the State Department as bursting with feces. Yes, that is true. That is right. Uh, And Kalon learning uh, ignorance of the law is an excuse to no man is apparently merely a sexist double standard. Hey, we'll be on uh, the Pat and Stu program later today on the Blaze Radio Network. What does Buck have coming up immediately following ours on the Blaze Radio Uh, Network? A wide variety of cutting-edge compelling. Do we know what Buck is wearing today? Um, He's wearing overalls. Is there anything under it? I don't know. Oh, you don't think so? Okay. All right, have yourself a great day. Remember, the Glenn Beck program is today a Skip Lacombe production. Six Semper Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever you are, Anyang, now, you go home. Oh, don't forget, donate to mercuryone.org. That's mercuryone.org. We'll see you on the Pat and Stew program later today.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.